Okay, then. Ron Wolfley. Ron Wolfley. What is up? <laughs> Witch buster. Extraordinaire. Love that guy. Luke Lipinski. Yay. Wolf and Luke. Arizona Sports. The local sports leader. Live from the Auction Community Studios, it is the Wolf and Luke show on a Tuesday morning. Short football week. I mean, we can, I guess we can let that loss to the Seahawks linger for a little bit longer if we want, but they got a game coming up in like a little over 48 hours. Wolf, what's going on? So, what are you telling me right now? When is a Tuesday really a Friday? Is, is, it, okay. it feels weird, man, and I'm not saying it's because of our work week, of course, but if you're telling me you're going to play on Thursday night, Tuesday is Friday. So then what does that make Friday? Monday? Man, that's all messed up right there. It really is. Um, but, man, you can feel it right now. You can. This is one of the things that I've done this before. I did it. I played twice on Thanksgiving Day. Okay, so I know what it's like. Even though they didn't have Thursday night football back when I was playing, I played twice on Thanksgiving Day. And, oh, man, the the preparation that happens right now, it's all mental. It's so mental, and it's so much more difficult for a coach to actually prepare a team than it is for an individual to prepare himself to go play. Yeah, I would imagine you're in your routine all season and anybody that's been around an NFL team realizes that, okay, you play on Sunday and then you play the next Sunday and the coaching staff still doesn't feel like they had enough time. So when you're going to say, okay, you play on Sunday and now we're going to play three days earlier, it's it's just like get everything together. Hopefully you're on a roll. Unfortunately, the Cardinals are not. New Orleans isn't necessarily either. Okay, well then hopefully you're healthy. Neither one of these teams is. Okay, Hopefully you're the home team. Let's see what happens. <laughs> I kind of think that's where we are. Uh, I want to get into something that happened at the end of our show yesterday, though. Wolf talked to Cliff Kingsbury, as we do every Big Red Monday, and a couple of his answers, really a few of his answers stood out, but I, I want to focus on these two right here. First of all, we asked him, uh, does he feel like he's coaching for his job right now? You know, I, I think that comes with the profession. I think when when you have a start like we have had uh, offensively, that the talk is is going to be out there, and, and uh, you know, quite frankly, it, it should be. We should play better, and um, we all know that. So that's that's uh, you know, week in week out, we, we feel like we're all kind of coaching for our job in this profession, and um, we, we got to get better on offense. So these two questions I want to focus on, Wolf. I asked one, and you asked one, and when I asked that one, you never know how. A coach is going to respond to that but I didn't necessarily expect that response from Kingsbury maybe I should have because that is sort of his personality to just sort of yeah not run away from stuff yeah listen one of the things that I love about Cliff Kingsbury and I've said this many many times is he's incredibly smart and he is humble that's a great way to go through life I say it all the time but it is the truth my young crunk brothers if you're listening right now it is a great way to go through life smart and humble and Cliff Kingsbury definitely is humble right there. He handled that question with so much strength. His answer was spot on now. So proud of Cliff Kingsbury for actually stepping up and responding to that the way that he did. And uh, then his response to the question you asked him a little bit later, would you ever consider giving up the play calling? And I'll say this because it may get lost in the translation of replaying the audio. Didn't miss a beat, Wolf. He didn't like sit there and think about it and be like, eh, well, he, basically it was, you said, would you ever consider giving up the play calling? Definitely. Yeah. Whatever it takes to win, um, whatever it takes to score points. Um, that's, you know, 
anything goes in this league, and 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 so we'll, we'll examine all avenues. Obviously, on a short week, that, that'd be tough to to go by. But right. we'll see how things go, and um, whatever it takes to to make us, you know, get better. I'm all for it. I don't know about you, but to me, that seems like the more likely option if they don't win on Thursday. I know a lot of people seem to think that if the Cardinals lose on Thursday, he's losing his job. I just don't see it. I don't believe that. Yeah, I don't believe that. I really don't. I don't. Can I just say this right now? That answer from Cliff Kingsbury right there, the accountability. Hey, can I tell you, Basinonians, this kind of accountability has got to take over this team. And it just started with Cliff Kingsbury. This kind of accountability has got to take over with this team. And Cliff Kingsbury, what he just said right there, is the epitome of accountability. Of saying, hey, listen, whatever it takes to win, whatever I've got to do to help us win games. He put his ego aside. And um, that was a genuine response by Cliff Kingsbury as well. Yeah, I think this is a real possibility if, for whatever reason, things don't go well on Thursday night. I, I This is a real possibility going forward, doing something to change it up right there. That's accountability by Cliff. I, I hope that trickles down to the whole team because I know the trendy thing is to just point to the coach and say it's all him, and, and I'm not defending. Oh, I mean, so Cliff's, Cliff's plays have not been great this year, at least not in the in in the efficiency category. They haven't they haven't fit together, it seems. But if you think this is 100% the coach and not the players, then okay, Fire the coach, bring in a new guy. You're not going to be much better. Like, the players need to play better, too. The players not all need of to play them. better. You know what? I, w- I played for Bill Belichick for two years, right? Uh, d- does Bill Belichick know how to coach? Would you say he does? He's, he's all right. I he's mean, okay. Not if you ask Patriots fans last year. He wasn't good enough He's definitely year. done some things. There's no doubt about that. He is only the greatest coach ever to live in the National Football League. And yet at Cleveland? Oh, my goodness. He had players like me. That was his problem. <laughs> he, he didn't have the players. Okay, coaching coaching is about the players that you have. Now, listen, I don't want to say coaching doesn't matter because it does. Well, it obviously it does. does. It matters, but players win games. Coaches lose them. I'm not, I'm not absolving Cliff. I mean, everybody here is, is at fault, and I'm not even saying he's not more at fault than the players. I'm just saying if you think that's 100% of the issue, then there's still going to be a problem, even if you move on from your head coach, which I don't think they're going to do. I really, I don't think the Cardinals are moving on from their head coach this season. I don't see They'd any have, situation, any scenario where that happens. I, I really, I mean, maybe if they go 2-15, and 15, they're talking about it in the offseason. <laughs> you know what? Yeah, okay. But I, I still don't think they're doing it midseason. Maybe I'm wrong. Maybe, I mean, we'll see. I, yeah, I, I understand the absolutely. logic is right now you're coming up on the mini-buy and things aren't going well. And like I said yesterday, this offense looks like an offense looks when the coach is about to get fired. I will give you all that. But this team doesn't look like they've quit on their coach. They just don't look like they know what they're doing on offense. Yeah. It's it's. It's mind-boggling to me because most of the pieces that were here last year when they were putting up 30-plus points a game are all still here. Now the one missing piece is coming back in two days, so that's going to be the real test. Yeah, no, there's there's no doubt. It is going to be the real test. Um, I wouldn't expect one game to be the end-all, be-all, though, as to whether or not the Arizona Cardinals are going to be able to turn around this offense and start producing and playing the way that this offense should be playing. Because, again, when I look at them on paper, the talent level of this offense is astounding. The fact that they have, when you compare what they've produced to 
the talent they have. Now, I know they've been all banged up. I understand that as well. Yeah. They've been all banged up. And thank goodness, by the way, we're playing a team that also is banged up. Man. Saints are gonna, a mess. We're going to get into that <laughs> a little bit. But you know what? Somebody's going through the same kind of sufferings the Arizona Cardinals are going through. <laughs> <laughs> from the injury report, Wolf, and thank goodness it's evened out. Wolf in the pregame show, good. It's good to see somebody else suffer. <laughs> <It is. laughs> or the pre-show meeting, not the pregame show, no, but the pre-show was. meeting. Yeah. It was brutal. So we're going to find out. But I love the fact that Cliff um, talked about these two things with strength um, because that could happen. That would be the next step to me. If, if for whatever reason Cliff is is like, hey, listen, we need to try anything. Anything to jumpstart this offense. You know, maybe a guy like a Spencer Whipple could be that guy. Yeah, I mean, look, if you if you go out there and, and the offense looks just pathetic again against the Saints, I still think they may give the offense a pass, the front office and, and ownership, and say, okay, short week, you're just getting Hopkins back. You just lost Hollywood Brown. You just lost Justin Pugh. I mean, at a certain point... And I'll give the Cardinals credit. They haven't been using these, or at least I haven't heard players or coaches use the injuries as, as excuses, and they've had a lot of injuries this year. Uh, but at a certain point, you know, if you get to next week and they've had a full week to prepare and the offense still looks bad, yeah. if we have two more weeks of this and you have Hopkins back, I think you have to do something. And to me, the, the having him give up play calling seems more realistic. And in regard to the play calling, I just have to say this quickly. Uh, as a former player base in Orleans, I'm telling you right now, you call any play, I'll do it, coach. You call any play, I'll do it. Play calling is so overrated, it's not even funny. Yet at the same time, that's a player's mentality. And I hope the players inside the Arizona Cardinals locker room feels that way. You call the play, I'll execute it. I'll do my job. I don't need the stars aligned for me to go do my job. The play will work if I do my job. Go do it. Yeah, that's what I was saying before of like you can change the place, but if you're going to get a false start or you're going to bounce the pass to your receiver on fourth down, it doesn't really matter who's calling the plays or coaching. It's going to take a major overhaul here and it's going to have to happen very quickly. Adam Sandler is coming to the Footprint Center on December 11th. All right, so we know where Vince Murata will be. Tickets are now on sale and you can win a pair of tickets now by heading to the contest page on ArizonaSports.com when we come back. The Suns did not extend Cam Johnson before yesterday's deadline, so now what? It's the Wolf and Luke Show on Arizona Sports, the local sports leader. Wolf and Luke, Arizona Sports, the local sports leader. Okay, kind of got lost in the shuffle yesterday. We talked about it very briefly, Wolf, when we were out at Cardinals yesterday. And also the deadline hadn't hit yet when our show ended. But uh, 3 o'clock yesterday, if you don't extend a guy like Cam Johnson, he's not the only one around the league, but he's the only son. If you don't extend him, all right, uh, RFA at the end of the year. Okay, so now he's going down the same path at least starting down the same path that DeAndre Ayton went down a year ago. Remember, we talked yeah. to DA basically a year ago yesterday, plus like two or three days, because on the show we talked to DA and he was like, yeah, you know, I think I'm going to get something done. And then they obviously didn't. We all know how that played out. So the Suns did not get a deal done with Cam Johnson yesterday. Doesn't mean they're going to lose him, but it just means things get interesting now next offseason or potentially could get interesting. And that in itself is sort of interesting considering some of the stuff that we're hearing that Jay Crowder wants out because Cam Johnson's going to be a starter now. Uh, depending who you believe, 
the Suns were not interested in a deal for Kevin Durant if it involved Cam Johnson. Now, as you said, that was probably just negotiating, but that's out there. Either way, they're pretty high on Cam Johnson. Yeah, they're high on Cam Johnson. And you know what? Honestly, I think we're talking about two different human beings. Yeah, they took the DeAndre Ayton route. It appears as though that's the the way they're headed right now to a, him becoming a restricted free agent. Yet at the same time, I look at that and I think you're talking about two different individuals altogether and Cam Johnson and DeAndre Ayton. And so what? Go ahead. Let the market set itself for Cam Johnson. You got a problem with that? I don't have a problem with that. I don't necessarily have a problem with it. I just think it's an interesting path to go down. Now, like you said, I think we have a pretty good feeling for how Cam Johnson's going to handle this. I do think we're going to see Cam Johnson's best this year. I don't know that making him wait for the contract is why. I just think he realizes, okay, I'm in the starting lineup now. This is the next logical step. I mean, he got a promotion basically this offseason. Basically got a promotion without a raise, yeah. right? And they're like, if you live up to the promotion, you'll get your raise. Yeah. Uh, I just think Cam has a different mentality than DeAndre Ayton. I think a lot of people have a different mentality than DeAndre Ayton. <laughs> Wolf and I like DA. But uh, Monty Williams yesterday talked about this new contract situation that could hang over the Suns this year. It's an area that I try to steer clear of unless a player wants to talk about it. James keeps me up to speed on what's going on. But for the most part, I can feel what they're going through. Uh, I've been through contract negotiations as a player and a coach, and there's a level of emotion that goes with it. But at the end of the day, they're all business decisions. For me, can I just say that the biggest question I have about Cam Johnson is the expectation that is now on Cam Johnson. And how does he handle this? Uh, I think the Suns did something that is wise. You know, we're just gonna we're gonna get you into the starting lineup, Cam, and we're gonna see what happens to you this year. Is that okay? Even if that means what? Oh no! <laughs> I want Even this eliminated from Cam's next contract. Stop it right now! We don't need Cam in a robe dancing in front of a mirror. Such a horrible I, way I'm to just start saying, the show. <laughs> this is all right. You know what? Command and control. You're all over. Just, <laughs> just abruptly end abruptly. Don't even fade uh, out. You know what? That's great. That is a great move right there because it, it, we all get the point, don't we? What are you going to become, Cam Johnson? This is this is a massive question mark right now, Cam Johnson. How is this going to impact you? Oh, you're the starter now, Cam. And oh, by the way, not only are you the starter, but um, we're probably done with Jay Crowder because of you. Oh, and by the way, <laughs> the extension thing, we couldn't get that worked out. We're going to see how you do this year. This is this is all inside Camp Johnson's brain. You know this somewhere, year. somewhere the Indiana Pacers are just waiting. Wolf. Can we <laughs> offer him and not give this him? Year, this will be amazing. This is all inside Cam. How are you going to internalize all this, Cam? How are you going to deal with this? How are you going to process this? I can't wait to see this. This is one of the biggest question marks that I have right now. You know, the the web flower, of course, they love asking us. What is it, a round table? Is yeah. that what we call it? Well, they call it a round table right here. You know, what, what do you think about this? What is the biggest question? Mark? Is it Jay Crowder? Is it DeAndre Ayton? That's what, how I read those emails, the too. Biggest question Answer right these there? questions. Do it now. Exactly. And I'm thinking to myself, no, it's Cam Johnson. How does Cam Johnson process Everything that has happened this offseason. How does he process all of that? Now with not being able to come to an extension, 
How does he process all of this, and how does it impact his play? Ooh, can't wait for that. See, here's the other thing about this that is different from the DeAndre Ayton situation. James Jones didn't draft D.A., so if he didn't like DA's play, there there was no emotional connection to it. There was no, hey, you know, I drafted this guy, kind of, you know, take a guy number one overall, you're connected to him, right? I mean, look at what we're seeing with the Cardinals. He didn't draft DA. Mm-hmm. He drafted Cam Johnson. And, yeah. in fact, he made some moves to draft Cam Johnson a lot higher than a lot of people expected. Oh, so Cam yeah. Johnson oh, is his guy. I love that. I'm so glad you said that. Just remember that, right? Oh, my goodness. He was ripped. He was ripped. Yeah. And, oh, how, it was really his first big move. Oh, yeah. There's no doubt about it. But um, Cam Johnson is one of my favorite players on this team. Does he seem like a smart guy? Yeah, Cam is a smart guy. There's no doubt about that. But what I love about it is he's also a competitor. He really is. He's tough as well. Um this guy is, I'm, I'm so happy for Cam Johnson. He's getting the opportunity to show who he is and what he is. And if there was one guy, you know what, I, I, I hesitate to say this because Mikhail Bridges has really developed so much in regard to putting the ball on the floor and taking it to the rack and also being a playmaker. Mikhail Bridges is very smart as well. But when you talk about the positionless NBA Cam Johnson's who I think no, yeah, he, on this team. He, he is, and you know, I, I really do believe when you're just going into this season, if you're looking at the Suns, I love the starting lineup. I would put the starting lineup against anybody's in the NBA, Golden State probably a little bit ahead, but still, I, I take my chances with the Suns starting lineup against Golden State's starting lineup even. Um, but Cam Johnson, of the guys in that starting lineup, I think has the most untapped potential that we may realistically see this season. How's that for a for a, a qualifier, right? Like Chris Paul is Chris Paul at this point, right? Yeah, sure. Uh Devin Booker, I still think he's gonna get a little bit better, but I don't know how much you can realistically ask of him in that regard. So your guys that you're looking at for internal improvements are in that starting lineup are Mikel DA and Cam Johnson. I think Mikel will keep getting better. Yes. But I think Cam is is has got more room to grow. It's just him and DA I'm more confident Cam's going to unlock that potential. DA, I think, will do that on Tuesday, but not do it on Thursday, (laughs) but then maybe a little bit on Sunday. So I just think it's going to be a little more linear with Cam, whereas DA, it's like all over the place, like the stock market. Yeah, once again, Mikel Bridges, you know how I love Mikel. Oh, my goodness. He's a much better defender, of course, than Cam Johnson. But Cam Johnson has really improved his defense as well. He has. He's. I think he's the best shooter of the three on the team. Well, he should be. Yeah. He better be. Yeah, no, I think they he need is. Him to be. Here's a guy who can also put the ball on the rack, take it to the rack, throw it down. Have we seen Cam Johnson do that? He's a smart guy. Cam Johnson keeps his eyes open for everybody else as well. He is the positionless player at 6'8". Heck yeah, man. I'll take that all day. Uh, the other fun part this opens up is uh, <laughs> DeAndre Ayton giving Cam Johnson advice on contract talks. Here's DA. Control you control. Everybody knows that thing's rule when it comes to things like this. Cam is a smart dude. And what he does best is focus on him. You know, he's focusing on this game and letting his guys handle that. He's a guy who trusts his team. And I'm sure he's in good hands. Uh, Cam's a strong dude who, who loves being in the valley. And, you know, I'm not, he's not. You know, he's just Cam. Cam is chill. You know, he just hasn't come to me with any of that stuff. I just know he's putting his head down working. You, know, you can hardly you know, think there's anything going on because of the energy coming around that uh, gym. Everybody just comes to work and know we want to win this year. Everything, the whole thing. 
Agree. I, I, you know, I don't know Cam. Obviously, I've talked to him a couple times. I don't know him obviously the way Da does, but what, the way he just described him is the way I envision this. I don't think Cam Johnson's ever going to bring this up this year publicly or even around, you know, on the on the practice floor. Are there any more questions we could ask Da about I just, anything? I, I, right I, now. Da needs a podcast while he's playing. Is totally that, love it's it. obviously allowed because like Marcus Green does Golden it. Da. <laughs> We should we should just get to pick two athletes that have to do a podcast together. What was the one we had last week? Bill Belichick and Sean McVay, I think it was. <laughs> Bill would never get a word in. Uh, text us your thoughts to the FanDuel text line at 620-620 right now. He'd be okay with that, by the way. Yes. Uh, when we come back, what are the Cardinals getting in Robbie Anderson? This also kind of got lost in the shuffle yesterday. We're going to help you get to know the newest wide receiver next. It's the Wolf and Luke Show on Arizona Sports, the local sports leader. Arizona Sports, the local sports leader. Okay, well, we got the news at the start of the show yesterday, right? We're all keyed up. We're ready for the start of the show. We're out there, Cardinals. We know we're talking to Darren Urban. We're talking to Cliff. We're talking to Dave Pass. We have all the stuff, right? Okay, we're going to talk about the game on Sunday. And then right as the show starts, the Cardinals make that trade for Robbie Anderson. And then just moments later, we find out Hollywood Brown at the time sounded like he was out for the year. And then it was Justin Pugh's out for the year. And then it was, hey, Hollywood Brown might actually be out for like six weeks, not a year. Uh, so the Robbie Anderson component of all of this kind of got lost in the shuffle a little bit yesterday. Cliff Kingsbury was asked, I want to start here. Could Robbie Anderson be ready for the Saints game in what is now basically two days? Yeah, I would say so. Um, we'll get him in, see what we can fit in once again um, without getting on the grass, actually going full speed. We want to make sure that he's confident when he's out there. Uh, so if, if he does play, it would be a limited package. Well, they don't really have much of a choice. I mean, you know my feelings on I'd like to see Greg Dortch more, but they are yeah. running out of receivers. Yeah, you know, they're running out of receivers, no doubt about that. They had to do something with the news, of course, coming down about Hollywood Brown, even though it is good news that's, hey, maybe this is a situation we're talking about six weeks here and he's going to come back. I'd go with less bad news, but yeah. Uh, yeah, okay. <laughs> good news yeah, compared no, you're, to what it was, yeah. You're right about that, but I think Steve Kime had to do something, and I like this myself an awful lot. Because Robbie Anderson, it was not working with the Carolina Panthers. That was big-time blow-up right there. He's got an edge. There's no doubt about that. Well, they already got a wide receiver who's got an edge. DeAndre Hopkins. They already got a guy who has an edge inside that locker room. And a little bit of swag. So I don't think they're necessarily um, horrified of bringing a guy like that into the locker room. Because they already know. What they've got. They've got guys that are like that. And I, for one, love that coming from a wide receiver. I've talked about that many, many times that DeAndre Hopkins has got this edge. He'll challenge anybody in the locker room. And I like that coming from a wide receiver position. It reminds me of Anquan Bolden. Anquan Bolden was exactly the same way. He would challenge you to your face from time to time if you needed it. Hmm. Um, <laughs> On sidelines yeah, during no. the Super Bowl? Yeah, yeah, yeah. of course. <laughs> but think about this. I like this right here. Hollywood Brown, he ran vertical routes 39% of the time. 39% of the time since 2019. His route has been a vertical route. That's according to ESPN stats and information. 
Anderson runs it 38% of the time since 2019. Think about that. Yeah. Okay, that's huge. Anderson lined up wide, lined up as a a wide receiver, as the number one receiver to a side on 72% of the snaps since 2019. Brown, 71% of the time. (laughs) What you basically got is a guy that is going to do a lot of the stuff that Hollywood Brown did. Now, is he going to do it as well? That is the question that remains to be seen. Well, and you would assume not. I mean, you had to give up a first-round pick for Hollywood Brown, and you gave up a six and a seven for Robbie Anderson. Hey, if he's going to do as well, I'll take it. Well, yeah, if he wants to, go <laughs> That's ahead. Fine. Go have at it, Robbie. The other thing you had, though, with Hollywood was from game one, there was the thought, and I, I think for the most part this played out. I know the offense in general hasn't been good, but I think Hollywood Brown pretty quickly had chemistry with Kyler Murray because he has it from three or four years ago. No doubt. You don't necessarily get that with Robbie Anderson, you might. Robbie Anderson may come in and on Thursday night on the second play of the game beat the entire Saints secondary, a lot of which is injured already, and he may end up with a 63-yard touchdown on the second play of the game. That's, I mean, he's got the speed, and he's done it before in this league. I'm just saying I was a lot more excited about the Hollywood Brown edition, and I will say this, part of it is because, yes, Hollywood had the chemistry, the pre-existing chemistry with Kyler. Part of it was... They had time in the offseason to work on stuff. Robbie Anderson has like two days. And, uh, and and part of it is my excitement for adding Robbie Anderson yesterday was obviously tempered by the fact you lost Hollywood Brown. Yeah. Who was the running? Was it Kenyon Drake? When they played on Thursday night, like three years ago, remember it was, I think it was Halloween actually, played against the 49ers, went out and got Kenyon Drake on like Monday because they had to have somebody play. Yeah. And he had a great game against the 49ers. Yeah. No, you're right. It was Kenyon Drake. And, um, you know, here's the one, one thing about running back though. You basically know the place. <laughs> Here's what you're going to do. We're going to line you up right here. We're going to run the ball right here. I mean, it, uh, most plays are very, very similar. It's the concepts. It's the terminology um, that is different. The concepts you understand, no matter if you're playing for the Arizona Cardinals or you're playing for the 49ers, whomever it may be, the concepts you understand, they're pretty even from team to team. It's the terminology in it, what yeah. you call them. That is different and how you coach it as well. So, listen, I, I think um, we're definitely going to see Robbie Anderson. There's no doubt about that. And I think every time he's out on the field, he's probably going to run a go route. <laughs> That's <laughs> fine. My, yeah, run it. <laughs> there's my, my prediction right there. Running a 4-3-6 at 6-3, 190 pounds. 4-3-6. I'll take that, man. Run a deep route, dude. Here's Cliff. When he was on with us yesterday, we asked him what he sees in Robbie Anderson. Uh, you know, lots of speed, which we need um, with Hollywood being out indefinitely. I think um, that that's a guy that can still take the top off for us. Has been very productive in this league at, at multiple teams, you know, over a thousand yards with Carolina one year and with the Jets. And um, our, our receivers coach coached him, uh, Coach Jefferson, when he was with the Jets. So good relationship there. And, and we're hoping we can get him in and get him acclimated and, um, you know, see how quickly we can get him rolling in this offense. Yeah, that helps. Kyler doesn't know Robbie Anderson, but Sean Jefferson does. So there's that. And Wolf, you can hear his answer right there, something you've been saying really since they got DeAndre Hopkins. Clearly the plan with DeAndre Hopkins, much like it was in Houston, is we've got this ridiculous weapon in DeAndre Hopkins. If we have somebody to take the top off the defense, 
opposite him. Yes. That stretches the defense thin while they're already kind of stretched. You already feel stretched thin just trying to cover DeAndre yes. Hopkins. So that's very clearly the formula the Cardinals are trying to follow to the point where Hollywood gets hurt and less than 24 hours later they make a trade for Robbie Anderson. Yeah, see, this is the one thing that Robbie Anderson can do. He can definitely get down the field. You hear me talking about vertical routes, vertical routes. It's one of the things that Rondale Moore has got to do. One of the things Rondale Moore has got to do in terms of developing as a wide receiver in the National Football League is run vertical routes. I've been talking about it for two years. It's one of the most perplexing things about this team in a perplexing season is when Cliff says right there, we got to get some speed to replace Hollywood Brown. A, when he says it, I'm like, yeah, they got to get some speed to replace Hollywood Brown. B, they do have Rondale Moore. Yeah. What? Why can't? Why? Why isn't that an option with him? Yeah. And what I like too, uh, just going back to Robbie Anderson. What I like about this is the fact that he is six three. This guy is a beanpole running down the field for the most part, and yet um, he's very, very good in regard to getting that step. And that's all he needs. Um, we got to get him to be a better contested ball catcher. That's what I'll say. I think he's got to do a better job of that, being around somebody, a contested ball catcher like a DeAndre Hopkins. Boy, that guy right there is a classic example of what I'm talking about. It's not a 50-50 ball. It's 80-20. Yeah. It's 80-20. For Robbie, it's a 50-50 ball. He needs to learn some of that better catch by eye mentality <laughs> or skill that uh, DeAndre Hopkins has. Although I don't know, <laughs> I think most receivers would want that if they could learn it. And f- there's not a whole lot that can. We'll see, though. Um, it's I- I'm I'm very intrigued by the idea that is Zach Ertz the most established, like stable receiver they have going into the game on Thursday? Because Rondale Moore, they don't seem to totally know what they're going to do with him yet. DeAndre Hopkins is the guy, but he hasn't played football in basically a like year. AJ Green, you would say. Yeah. AJ Green, it, the mental part of it, of course, right now. AJ Green on Thursday nights at home. I'd rather throw to somebody else. Oh, to I like AJ oh, the, no. other, the other. Wait a minute. Are, are you alluding to the Green Bay? I'm, I'm alluding to oh, the Green my. Bay game, yes. Oh. It was Thursday night, everything was. Think about Thursday night last year. Everything's great. Here we go into Thursday night. This year is the exact opposite. You know, I'm just starting to come around again. Yeah. Um, excited. And you bring up AJ Green on Thursday. We we understand. I was was just bringing it up so we could hear the song. Just brutal. I've only heard four seconds of that song. Uh, We're giving you the chance to win tickets to see undefeated international superstar Jake Paul as he takes on legendary UFC champion Anderson Silva at Desert Diamond Arena on Saturday, October 29th. Head to the contest page on ArizonaSports.com for complete details and your chance to win. We come back another crazy week around the National Football League, especially in Tampa. We're going to take you through all the, uh, the, the results rapid fire style next. It's the Wolf and Luke Show on Arizona Sports, the local sports leader. Arizona Sports, the local sports leader. All right, football season goes by way too quickly. We are already more than a third of the way into the season. It feels like we were just out at uh, State Farm Stadium getting ready for Cardinals Chiefs in week one, and now here we are. Week six is in the books. We'll talk about that game last night. We're not going to talk about it here, though. We're going to go around the league rapid fire, and uh, Wolf, I think we have to start with the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, where on Sunday we learned Mitch Trubisky plus Kenny Pickett 
greater than Tom Brady, apparently, at least in 2022. Steelers over the Buccaneers, 20 to 18. Tom Brady afterwards talking about his three and three team. Well, we didn't do well in the red area. First of all, we didn't do good. We were second to go on the one, and we didn't do a good job there. We had other red area opportunities. We didn't do a good job there. Now we had, you know, opportunities on third and short to extend drives. We didn't do well there. So doesn't matter you know who you're playing if you're not making the plays then it doesn't matter if it's the Steelers or the Chiefs or the Packers or the Saints it's you either make the plays or you don't it's a production business kind of sounded like Jack Nicholson there didn't he yeah just a little bit doesn't matter um, who you're playing by the pricking of Steelers. my thumb something wicked this way comes I mean Tom Brady this is something you could see. You could see from a mile away something obviously was wrong with Tom Brady. When you walk away for 11 days in the middle of training camp, you, that just does not happen ever. And I don't want to hear about, well, it's the GOAT. He's the greatest. That's exactly why he would never walk away for 11 days. Unless it was something that was really personal in his life. And that sucks, Buttermilk. And right now, Tom Brady, although Tom Brady, I wouldn't say, has played poorly by any stretch of the imagination, um, he doesn't look like Tom Brady doesn't look to like me. Brady. No, Brady and Rodgers don't, you know, they're obviously both having pretty bad seasons, especially by their standards. But Rodgers, you watch the games and you're like, he doesn't have the receivers yet, and he also doesn't trust his receivers. Brady, I don't The Buccaneers just, other than Leonard Fournette, they just don't really... They're very inconsistent for a Tom Brady team. Was he calling the red zone the red area? Yeah, you know, I mean, that's him. That's what he's always done. Some people do call it the red area. Does he call the end zone the end area? (laughs) Very strange. That's um, a great question. I, I don't know. I don't, I don't think so, if, Luke. But I, some people do call it the red area. If I could call if I could ask Tom Brady one question. It would it would be that uh, Falcons. Boy, how about this one, Wolf? Just when you thought the 49ers were going to take control of the <laughs> NFC West, they got beaten by Atlanta, twenty eight to fourteen. Here is Kyle Shanahan. I mean, because we only had sixteen carries, I think if we would have had that in any other game, it would have been the same results. Um, I think they controlled the ball very well. Um, and then we got a little behind. I thought we needed to throw to catch up. My response is go Ducks. Mm, yes, Marcus Mariota played. Uh, Marcus Mariota is doing what he has to do to win games. Wow, can I tell you right now, just watching that, the Atlanta Falcons, watching them play. I love how they play football. They do it all, man. I kid you not. Marcus Mariota, did you see how many times he was under center? Did you see how many times he was in the shotgun? Did you see how many times he was in the pistol? So many times. How many times they had 12 personnel in there? I'm I'm not. They were mixing everything. Just trying to think. His college coach was Chip Kelly, right? I'm not not mixing up Oregon coaches. Yeah, it was Chip Kelly, So he played for Chip Kelly in college, and yet he's able to do all these different things now. I'm telling you right now, to see the Atlanta Falcons and how they were playing football, man, this is something... I hope there's a lot of people taking notice as to how they're doing it because I think, honestly, it's the reason why they've won as many games as they have. Because the talent, I don't think, is there. 
No, Atlanta has been in every game, even the ones they've lost. Remember, they came back. The only game they were really kind of getting run off the field was against the Rams, and then they came back and almost won that game, too. They ended up losing by four, and they had a chance late. All right, Patriots over the Browns, 38-15. to The Bailey Zappa era continues. He cannot be stopped. Um, I had this thought, Wolf, watching some of this game, what you always say about Bill Belichick is he's going to take whatever you do best and just take it away. So I was like, going into the game, I was like, I'm going to see what Nick Chubb does today. Nick Chubb had 56 yards. No no touchdowns for a guy that had So you're three. saying you don't think that was an accident? I don't right think there. that was an accident. <laughs> uh, here's Bill Belichick after the game, tying George Hallis and wins. I haven't heard this. Coach Hallis was... Uh... Again, a friend of my dad's, and my dad, you know, had new people on the staff that coached for Coach Hallis, and we coached, uh, he coached Bill Wade at Vanderbilt, so they had a lot of, had a lot of Dal- uh, Chicago Hallis connections, and um, they were always very, when they came to Baltimore, we go to the locker room after the game and stuff like that, they were always very gracious and generous and, you know, let me hang around and stuff like that, so, um, you know, a ton of respect for Coach Hallis, the McCaskey family, um, and and what he did for professional football and the way that he and and since we're here Paul Brown and, and others like them uh, you know paved the paved the way for us uh, as coaches and paved the way for the National Football League to uh, grow to what it was today they they laid down a lot of the a lot of the building blocks well if I was saying I hadn't heard this because I saw it was a 49 second clip from Bill Belichick and that's the longest I've heard him talk other than when he's talking to you Seriously. Yeah, can I just say this quickly right here, too? Um, as it pertains to the defense of the Patriots as well, it's so interesting. So much of the time you see the Patriots' defense kind of in the middle of the league. In the middle of the league um, in passing yards per game allowed, passing yards per play, in the middle of the league in rushing yards per game, in the middle of the league in rushing yards per game allowed, in rushing yards per play allowed. In the middle of the pack all the time, you see this. Why why do you think that is? Because a lot of the time, they'll take away whatever they need to to beat you and try to get you to beat them with your Tier 2 stuff as opposed to your Tier 1 stuff. And you know what? When you try to take something away from somebody, you might get hurt in the other area. It's yet it all balances out at the end of the season, or as you get five, six games into the season, you can see it. His defense is kind of right in the middle of the pack, yet they play well enough to do what? Beat you. Look at their last two games. You have Cleveland this week, and they are a run-first team, and it is majoritively Nick Chubb. I mean, Kareem Hunt gets involved too, but they basically shut down Chubb. Week before, Wolf, they're playing Detroit, and Detroit had been throwing all over everybody, and they shut Detroit out and shut down Jared Goff. Now so, I, to your point. Yeah, and now I know they're 3-3, three and three, but it's where you end, not where you start. Yeah, it's and they're definitely getting better. That defense is is uh, it's finding its groove. Here's a team that's not finding its groove, especially on special teams. Green Bay has a field goal block. They have a punt block. They lose to the Jets. Wolf, I I'm not ready for this world where the Jets and Giants win every week. Here's Aaron Rodgers. Not attacking anything. I just think that based on how we've played the last two weeks, I think it's going to be in our best interest to simplify things uh, for everybody. For the line for the backs, for the receivers, um, especially with Cobby's injury, um, just simplify some things and and uh, maybe that help us get back on track. 
I think that's a great place to start. What do you mean by simplify things, though, Aaron? Do you mean go back to the fundamentals of the game of football? Is that what you mean? <laughs> line A.J. Dillon up and run him in between. Is that what you're talking about? Maybe. I'm just saying. Attack the line of scrimmage. They don't use A.J. Dillon at all this year. Yes. Attack the line of scrimmage and then go ahead and throw it down the field. Maybe that's what he means. Maybe that's what he means. How about this? If you look at the playoffs, here we go, Wolf. I'm going to be the first person to say this on this show this year. If the playoffs started today. Oh, no. Don't do that. Green Bay wouldn't be in. And so Rodgers would be out. And Brady is only in because Tampa has a tiebreaker over Atlanta. Otherwise, they would be out, too. Can you imagine? Do you think? Let me rephrase this mid-sentence. Do you think we see Brady and Rodgers in the playoffs this year? No. I don't think we do either. And I think it's going to be Rodgers, though. I think you're going to see Rodgers. Oh, really? I was going to say, I think we're going to see Brady. Yeah. Green Bay is weird. Tampa's weird, too. Both weird. See one of them. We agree we're going to see one of them, right? Even if... Yes. Okay. Yeah. All right. So, there we go. That was uh, Rapid Fire around the NFL Week 6 edition. We'll come back and uh, we'll do more. We'll do the rest of the league later on in the show. When we come back, though, what are the three things we're looking for when the Suns open the season tomorrow night? It's one day away. It's Suns three-pointer next on the Wolf and Luke Show, Arizona Sports, the local sports leader.